So we cut to him building that boat that they crossed the Atlantic with back in 400 <laughs> CE. And I just want to say right now, that boat didn't look as tight as a dish. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I'm not even sorry. Not even close to as tight as a dish. Thing was loose as a plate. That was fucking historically inaccurate. Yeah. Loose as a plate is how we street harass people yeah. at atheist conventions, by the way. <laughs> oh, what's going on, boy? You look loose as a plate. Why Seth doesn't talk to us anymore. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because none of us wants to be the first to cry uncle, apparently. I'm your host, Noah Luce. Uh, uncle. <laughs> is that all it took? No. Are you, no I'm tapping. Are you looking at me tapping? I'm tapping. Job. If you shit, that's tapping. <laughs> Just make sure you tap elsewhere later. Anyway, I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back, sir. Thanks, Noah. Until then, we'll leave you with the breakfast club folks. <laughs> <laughs> At least you tried tapping out, though. You never know until you try. And that other laugh you heard, that's coming from 900 miles to my northeast and from my bad friend, Eli Posnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Oh, sorry, Noah. I was just reading the most entertaining <laughs> form of entertainment. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, well, reading, I'll, reading, I'll reading. leave reading. you to it, then. Yeah, just leave a blank for me to do another 20 or 30 minutes of this comedy gold yes. reading. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Turn a page. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched How Rare a Possession. And uh, that rare possession, by the way, is the book you can get for free <laughs> by looking in any trash can in any park, <laughs> anywhere that you see Mormon people harassing strangers. It's it's a Mormon movie about a Mormon guy. Oh, God. <laughs> and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love people quietly reading, but you wish it had the sound cues of discovering the lost treasure of Shangri-La, <laughs> you <laughs> will love this movie. This entire movie, by the way, this entire movie, spoiler alert, is... So I found this book and I was like, huh. Wonder what's Pretty in it. Yeah. He reads. <laughs> he reads in the movie. Yes. Yes. He reads in the goddamn movie. <laughs> all right. So now before we get to all the reading, I, I want to warn the audience ahead of time, because I feel like they're going to have kind of the same experience listening to this episode as I had watching the movie, minus the mind numbing boredom, hopefully. But this movie starts off with like the history of Mormonism and Joseph Smith finding the golden plates. And I'm like, fuck, we've done almost exactly this movie at least twice. Right. But pretty early on, it takes a hard right turn into some new crazy. So if you're thinking as we open up this movie, this again, trust me, it is not again. <laughs> nope. Nope. We can say one thing about this movie. It is original. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buckle in. It's different. That's now. the reading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most complimentary thing I can say as well. All right. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Best worst reading oh, God. and walking, reading <laughs> and walking. They made a movie about those two verbs. <laughs> they did. This, the, the, this movie is the story of this. That was me reading. Uh -huh. And also this. 
Was I walked around. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> right. yeah. It's an entire movie about a guy who reads, walks, and becomes a Mormon. Oh, whoa, occasionally whoa. he yeah. reads about walking. He walks about reading. It doesn't make any sense. Keith, it's about two guys. <laughs> it's about two guys who read and walk. Well, that's same. No, that's true. That's true. You're right. No, good point. And on that note, we'll leave you with the breakfast. Note, <laughs> Wait, I got one too. I got one too. I was going to go with best, worst, half-assing the period piece. Yes! There was, I mean, it was amazing, right? Because if it was small, it was period. But if it was, like, they'd have, like, this, you know, whatever, mid-century modern home, but there would be cows out in front driving in a line, and they'd be like, no, it's old, y'all. Look at that Casio watch he's got on. They don't even make those no more. That's <laughs> cool. Look, it's the ancient Israeli desert, because everyone has a towel. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of dial-up. That's old, right? <laughs> yeah, That's come on. Let's all listen to the dial-up sound for a while <laughs> while we read about it. That CD's only got 500 free hours AOL on it. Come on, people. <laughs> okay, so I was going to go with best worst accent. Okay. There is an absolutely golden opportunity in this moment. Look, you know, we don't get to make fun of a lot of things in these torrid, unstable times. But Italians, Italians are still safe for us. <laughs> and this movie opens that up <laughs> wide. And be this guy's Italian accent is halfway, like if your guy was doing a mean impersonation of an Italian person and then you injected him with the drug they kill prisoners with, <laughs> that's the accent. It's like, oh, I said to my father, bah, bah, bah. oh, I, dude, it was so bad. I expected him to start yelling at you to get out of the sketch, right? <laughs> All right. Well, this movie features multiple characters enthralled by the wisdom contained in the Book of Mormon. So we're going to pause to give everybody plenty of time to stretch out that suspension of disbelief. And when we come back, we'll dive into all the unverified claims that are how rare a possession. You know, here on the podcast, all jokes aside, we pride ourselves on being a welcoming and open community. However, we're not going to pass up on a chance when we've got it. So here at God Awful Movies, we're pleased to present racism against Italian people that won't get us in trouble. I'm Italian. Italy. And now, back to the show. Felt good. <laughs> you guys like a reading? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start off in the Americas, circa Joseph Smith's goddamn imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Just... The Americas, yes. one of them, one of the many Americas. My notes are, where in the Americas? Name an America, too slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we get a cold open on a uh, Mormon guy with a popsicle? I was... Is that, <laughs> is that what's happening? Did I miss something in the Book of Mormon? Was there a popsicle moment? That whole profile scene was really bizarre to me. Or it was a dick. It's one of the other. Yeah. It's well, a popsicle or a dick. Right, right, exactly. We're being nice by going popsicle, yeah, to the Mormons. That or they think you put something that you engrave golden plates with in your mouth like a pen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Could be that. Yeah. So, so a dick. <laughs> all right. So that, but that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Moroni writing out the last of the golden plates and narrating the beginning of the movie, telling us about how he's all alone and all the white people are gone. And 
He doesn't have anything <laughs> against the black people, but he doesn't just he just doesn't get their music. Oh, so. I hate how much I knew about this sequence. <laughs> right? <laughs> I miss. Ugh. Remember Mormontaculars when we'd be like, what does that mean? Who's that? What's that over there? Now we're just like, oh. So technically, this you know, your brothers and sisters fucking, aren't dead. Uh, he's got plates. <laughs> it's nonsense. They're way too much. This is dumb. Uh, so now Parley Pat this? is being told by Hiram Smith about the yeah. anti-Nephi leak. God damn it. I'm killing yep. myself yeah. now. Yeah. I know all these things. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, he's sitting there in a, in a cave. And he's like, okay, done with my super important message from God on golden plates. I guess I better put these somewhere. Um, well, wherever. I don't know. Wherever. It's just God's golden plates. <laughs> what? I heard upstate New York is beautiful. Maybe I'll just go all the way to there from the Americas where I am. What's that, Lord? Put these plates somewhere where two guys will get in a fist fight every Thursday outside of Denny's? <laughs> I know where to journey. <laughs> Well, I love, too, that the clothes apparently on his golden plates is basically like, you know, I won't get to meet Joseph Smith, but I bet he'll be pretty fucking awesome. The guy who finds these plates is going to be the best. Anyway, I need to die now in the book that I'm writing. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Joe Smith or whatever the name is. That was just off the top of my head. Joe Smith. But, uh, I don't know. Kind of a random He's going to be amazing, though. Name. Yeah. <laughs> also, he says, I can see you right now. Right? To like future people reading yeah. the plates. Wanted him to be like, I can see you through the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heath, come on. Put on some pants. <laughs> right? Is that a jar of peanut butter with just a spoon in it? Come on, guys. I don't use a spoon for that. <laughs> you don't see me, liar, <laughs> using my finger. And also just a quick reminder, as we see this elderly man put these plates into the hole where he's going to bury them to be discovered later, those would weigh about 160 pounds. Dude, <laughs> dude can lift. Yeah, really, I love how they go like with heavy plates, but not obviously as heavy as they would have to be plates. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like they're still lowerable. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, did he not bury a golden butt plug very clearly? <laughs> he was very that much not did. obviously yep. one? Like, there is no other object with that shape, I, and that gets buried with the plates. I sat there for so long on that scene trying to identify what the fuck that was supposed to be. Oh, that's a butt plug. <laughs> it's definitely a fucking butt plug. There's which no, means, what the fuck else is that shape? Which, that's no, no, 100%. But see, that means that somebody, somebody's kid... Where something was just like, yeah, no, I found this. I believe this is what the Lehoni was supposed to look like, Dad. <laughs> Why else would I have found it in Mom's bottom drawer? Yeah. You're right, son. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> let's put it in the movie now, hard eye contact. <laughs> yep, let's put it in the movie, Dad. Neither of us are going to say anything, so I guess we'll just put it in the movie. <laughs> Brought to you by Not Gay Chicken. <laughs> also, one other thing on this scene. Can we talk about Moroni's, I guess I'd call it a diva mullet that he's got going? <laughs> he is crazy looking. He looks like white Tina Turner. Is that, <laughs> is that canon? Is that like... That is absolutely is it's canon now. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I'm going to tell every Mormon that'll listen to me. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this same actor is like 19 other parts in this movie because uh -huh. the budget was $12. <laughs> yes. So this crazy, obvious-looking guy with this super obvious, visible mullet is in a bunch of other scenes in different time periods, doing different stuff. 
He's different races. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. When I yeah. watched uh-huh. the movie, I was like, oh, it's cool. Like, he's overlooking his people. And then he was like a farmer or something in the background. And I was like, nope. Just he did. They didn't, only have to didn't have that mullet. <laughs> Waldo mullet. Didn't have Waldo. that thirty-five dollars <laughs> for that extra person. Okay. <laughs> really, you have a church of slaves, and you couldn't find another yeah. white guy, right? <laughs> but no, but we needed an elderly one. No, that shouldn't have been a problem. Okay, so now we move on. Oh, now I, I should say at this point that we watch slightly different versions of this movie. Eli put one link in the calendar and a different link in the notes. So the version I watched was a little bit longer than the version that he watched, but my version <laughs> also didn't have any of the title cards or the, the the credits or anything like that. So my note here was just long black screen where they clearly meant to put a title. <laughs> so I guess there was a version with the title here. Yeah, I'm confused as yeah. to how your version got on the internet. Like someone someone cropped out all those troublesome title cards and then we're like, YouTube, the well, place where my version... Three minutes? I, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a director's cut. <laughs> Must be it. I don't want to ruin the part where we watch a guy reading with you guys having to read in the movie also. <laughs> yeah, what if we make a movie about this? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now it's time for us to cut to 1827 where a prophecy was about to be fulfilled. So according to uh, the narrator, Christians left and right had been foretelling of the coming of Joseph Smith throughout it's all of so the history of Christianity. It's because it's the you can see the reverse pitch coming. He's like something that had been told for hundreds of years by both angel and person alike written in the stars and golden Teardrops of the Lord himself. Too far? Too far. Yeah, yep. this is just Joe said it Proceed. about himself. There it is. In okay. his book. There you go. Yeah. No, all wrote. of it was written by prophets, the entire book. And not a con artist who magically saw the words through a rock and a hat or anything. No, no, not was a prophet. <laughs> okay, so but now we've just cut to 1827, but then we have to cut back to 1823 because the bizarre history of Mormonism is that. Joseph Smith was told about the plates in 1823 and didn't get them until 1827. They don't spend a lot of time on this in the movie because the real reason is that he kept saying, no, no, I'm going to come back with golden plates this time. I swear for like five (laughs) years until everybody's like, no, no, no. They they had to explain it as like there was four years of uh, preparation Preparation, for that. (laughs) After four years, Joe Smith finally got around to doing God's errand that he was procrastinating about that whole time. Like the plates might as well be hidden in the gutters that Joe Smith wouldn't clean for four years. Uh, We've put, we've put the uh, plates right where the old Brita water filter is. And as soon as Joe changes it, I, I mean, I know they say two months, but it's gotta be more, right? There's a chart. You gotta get the one with the light. It tells you. That's too much. And this is, and this is one of my favorite things about the movie, right? So this guy who was playing Moroni at the beginning, we've already pointed out that he plays like 37 other characters in this movie, but not Moroni appearing to Joseph Smith, <laughs> right? Because they no. just show us, like, they're like, the the angel Moroni appeared to Joseph Smith. And I'm like, oh, that guy, right? We're going to have a Joseph Smith and a that guy anyway. But all we see is a super bright light in the window. Yep. Because <laughs> I guess they couldn't afford wings. Nope. They were sitting around after this movie was all cut together and they were like, shit, um, does anyone mind if we film the outside of my house? I'm in. All right. Yeah. Okay. 
I wanted to see Moroni showing up at other houses first, like doing interviews with other people, eventually landing on Joe Smith. Just like, <laughs> like, hey, uh, popped up in your bedroom. Do you want to be a prophet? No, sorry, sorry. Okay, <laughs> just I feel like I startled you. That's fine. Sorry. Well, I was finally shows up at Joe Smith's house. Aggressive like, masturbation. Joe's got a tea party place. all set up. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> That was he, he turns to eager. camera. You know, this didn't have to be hard. Thanks to ZipRecruiter.com. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sponsored? Is this a sponsored thing? So, yeah. <laughs> all right. But then finally, four years after the revelation, Joey gets the plates and he starts working on the translation. Um, and I love this, too, because it goes, the translation was mostly done in a three-bedroom house, but it was finished in another. No reason. Just uh, Joey wanted a change of scenery. Uh, he did not. It kicked out of the first one for fucking their daughter. It was <laughs> started in Pennsylvania, but also it was in New York. That um, the guy Peter Whitmer in New York was also telling the truth. All of us told the <laughs> truth throughout. <laughs> Everything fits together. It's one of those stories where it changes because of how true it is. Ask Lee Strobel. It's really it all makes yeah. sense. Trust, I promise. Yeah. Spackle. Did you just say <laughs> spackle out loud? Mm. Yep. Yep. Did it work? All right, yep. so now we get a series of quotes from different narrators or two guys doing different voices about the Book of Mormon. I translated these uh, just so for those who aren't <laughs> oh, good. aware. So uh, they had a Joe Smith section, which is, I told everyone that the Book of Mormon was the most correct book ever. Yep. Joe Smith. Yep. Uh, Brigham Young, <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and John Taylor... Let me fuck your daughter. <laughs> Back to Brigham Young. I also killed the first narrator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last quote, though, is almost that bad. This is literally the last quote they use. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys had who said this on your screen. I didn't. But the last quote was just the Book of Mormon cost the best blood of the century. The 19th century. Yeah. They're talking about just. Just wow. They're literally ranking the bloods <laughs> during slavery. Swapping <laughs> jars around. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And but yeah, throughout this, they do the most correct book in history thing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that's my favorite thing. They're just so excited about it. Like as if there are footnotes, just like footnote one. Yup. Most correct ever. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Footnote two, see God. Yep. <laughs> Footnote three, nailed it. Nailed that a one bit. too. <laughs> what, what, what's the second most correct book in history, according to these people? What do they think? Like, Pearl of Great Price. <laughs> I was going to say hop on pop, but yours is better. All right. So now, okay. So this part we've already seen. We've done this a million times before, but now it's going to get a little different. This is where we introduce Parley P. Pratt, which is clearly a bullshit knockoff of a superhero alter ego name, right? Right? That's the fakest sounding name a real person has ever had. <laughs> right, I'm sorry, sir. You're trying to shove that Book of Mormon into this fully inflatable sheep. What's your name? Parley P. <laughs> Pratt. I'm from Parkshire, okay. Pennsylvania. You're going to need to, like, do a whole bunch of Dr. Seuss stuff or else this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> sir, I'm going to need to see what's upon thars. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, so we cut to Parley P. Pratt, and back in 1830, man, he had it all. A wife and a shitty farm and a wooden fence. <laughs> Just a simple farmer slash epistemologist searching for truth <laughs> in old-timey Ohio. Yes. But 
But yeah, he his brother shows up and he starts explaining to the brother how he's going to like dedicate his life to Jesus or whatever. And he's, it's so sad the way he describes it. He's like, yeah, I hate to leave my uh, amazing hay pile that you can see right here, yeah, this pile of hay. But there's a prophecy. And uh, before you ask, yes, it's the correctest book in the world that I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and that's the thing, though, to, to, to be clear on the history, they're not because ta- like at this point, Parley P. Pratt doesn't know what Mormonism is. He hasn't come across Mormonism yet. So their story is for no reason at all. He sold everything he owned and went on this spiritual mission to find the real Jesus. It had nothing to do with any warrants against him. <laughs> and I yeah. love I love the brother in the story who's just like. You sure? About that, yeah. bud. <laughs> we included this in the story where Seems I very obviously doubt you. Dumb. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, brother. I mean, 50 acres of land and a nice house. Those are like real things. You know what I mean? <laughs> those are real. Do you get the? Do you get what I mean? Like, look at it. You can see them. And Parley Pratt's like, no, 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 don't worry. It's uh, this is actually part of the contract in the 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 really good book I'm talking about. If we sign up a few friends in our pyramid and we get everything back a hundredfold, that's that's like a billion fucking acres and a billion fucking houses. Yeah, I don't know what the yeah. math is. It's a lot. It's a lot to which shit. his brother literally responds, hey, I know it's 18. Go fuck yourself. But maybe don't take the Bible literally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. We figured out chariots of iron. So I feel like now's the time to start stepping that back to metaphor. If you know what yeah. I'm saying, little bro. Pretty dumb. Okay, how about this? I mean, if if you get shot in the face and stabbed at some point, can we then agree that religion is stupid? <laughs> Would that be okay with you, Parley Pratt, who's clearly going to get stabbed and shot in like 20 years? I wonder, yeah. too, if like the point here wasn't like, you know, Parley keeps going like, no, I'm going to do the holy thing and give up my farm. I wonder if they're not sending a message to elderly people who are thinking about maybe donating to BYU, right? Maybe it's all tied together, all in the same universe. Right. Right. Because the brother's like, all right, fine. Uh, dibs on all your stuff. Great. Bye. <laughs> all right. So then in August 1830, he sold his farm and he went off to find Jesus. And his wife was really worried about him because he's clearly insane or in trouble with the law. But don't worry. The voices in his head have told him that they they should you know, move on and stop here and then move on. And maybe his wife should go way, way away from him for a few months. That's what the voices are telling him now. Yeah. I'll meet you in Albany eventually. Yes. Also, so this scene, they shoot it like it's the fucking Jack and Rose Titanic scene. But the dialogue is, I have to leave the boat because the voice in my head said to wander that direction. And she's like, okay, there it is. All right. Mm. Are you going to wait for the up? Oh, he jumped. All right. <laughs> See you in Albany at a time you were very clear about not being clear about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll take care of myself money-wise, I guess, then. It's all right. No, I'm a woman in the 1830s. It should be great. It's going to be great for me. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so he leaves the boat and he walks into town and he has decided that he's going to preach, even though he said earlier that he didn't have any authority to do that and didn't know anything. Um, but he's going to preach anyway. And some random weirdo is going to help him spread the word about him and his preaching. I mean, there was no Netflix, so this is what you had, right? They were like, hey, I guess, yeah. Dave, this crazy guy wandered into my house. He's going to yell what he thinks about God tonight from seven till the nighttime. You want to 
<laughs> you know on this shit? It seems like it's going to be literally anything but the quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and so he takes him to meet this Baptist deacon played by the same guy who played Baroni, of course. And him and the the, the two of them talking to each other, the the random weirdo that uh Parley met and the the Baptist deacon like moving in and out of random American accents is my everything. I loved it. It was just delightful. I watched this scene like three times trying to like draw a through line between any one actor's choices. <laughs> but the key is, though, is that the deacon will watch him preach uh, as long as he's going to preach about real Jesus and not some heretical bullshit. It's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh. Do you preach from the Bible or just uh, random books? No, no Bible. Um, good. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. By you say first. Well, you will say on three. One, two, three. Bye. Stuff I wrote in my own poop. Stuff Bible. Poop. I agree. <laughs> no, yeah. and so the best part is he does this thing right where there, and then as he's about to walk away, he goes, "Hey, um, real quick, if I told you that I had been spoken to by an angel." You would say Visions that of I angels. Was, angels okay, great. What I Wonderful. also see here. This is, I'll read this book I got in Palmyra, New York. <laughs> yeah, he went antiquing during his <laughs> vacation from being a farmer in 1830 or whatever the fuck it is. Went down to Palmyra for the day. Just walked around town, did a little antiquing, found a super cool old book in an old bookstore. Yeah. Yeah, and he tells uh, Parley about it, but he doesn't have it with him, right? Like, he's giving him the hard sell. He's like, oh, I wish I could give you this super awesome book, but I guess you'd have to come back tomorrow if you wanted that. <laughs> there's no one else around but you and me. So the next day, Parley goes back to get his Book of Mormon. He's so excited about it, too. It's like uh, it's like it's the, the first kid to get an old Playboy. Yes. This book now. And yeah. Like Parley, yeah. The music cue here is that he's going to step inside and the Book of Mormon is going to do a sexy hair toss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, I Heath, I have so many notes about how he's treating this. Like I treated my first porno magazine when I was 11. <laughs> like he keeps just like, he's like, and then as I was walking down the road, I stopped at a tree and read under the tree for a little while when there was nobody around. <laughs> so, And then I hollowed out a... Uh... A root, and I found the perfect <laughs> spot to keep it. We would go back, we put it in a ziplock, and we had it for years. And we liked it. This is our lives, everybody. This, this is, is me and Noah. This is our lives as adults. Hey, really. This is how we learned about sex. We had to wait for the boobs to load. <laughs> well, yeah, at least we eventually got that. Um, yeah, go. So I love this too, because because you can't get very far into the Book of Mormon without it being stupid. So they have to have Parley go like. I read the title page and then I read the testimony of the witnesses and all the other stuff. Well, what I love is that they're they're trying to slow pitch the Book of Mormon, but the Book of Mormon is filled with ridiculous nonsense the entire time. Mm -hmm. So the best opening gambit they have is now, wait a second. Did three dudes say this was true? Oh, good. Three yep. dudes did say this is true. <laughs> oh, and look, seven spiritual witnesses are in on it, too. Well, in that case... And keep in mind, by the way, every single person who actually says they saw the golden plates directly profited in dollars from the book's publication. And a few of them later were like, I absolutely did not see. Yes, right. Yeah, plate. exactly. <laughs> 
If I'm not mistaken, I think all of them eventually recanted. <laughs> but anyway, but Parley is in, goddammit. He read all day long bullshit. We know because the character hasn't hung himself by 2 p.m. Uh, just one Mormon movie. I want one of these guys to be like, I read all day till I got to Alma. Then I was like, nope. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, sort of. Right, but he he reads all day and he just sits there at this guy's house. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, I mean, I gave you the book, but like, did you want to read that? I don't know. Anywhere else? Like, not my front porch where you've been defecating for days now because you wouldn't move because you're ensconced in this terrible fucking book. And you're in my bed. Okay. That's on me. And, and okay, so at this point, we're getting a reading montage. And I thought, of course, that this would be the only reading montage of the movie. So I really blew my load on the <laughs> he reads on the show jokes right here. I'm going to I'm going to pace them out now. I won't give them to you all right now. This, But oh, God. Yeah. So he's reading this fucking book. And again, we've read this book. You cannot possibly get more than eight pages in b- before you're laughing at how fucking stupid it is. But Parley pre Pratt, God damn it. He knew it was true. He could tell in his gut. And that's where all great knowledge derives from your heart. Gut. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, so he's like, he's like, hey, actor that played Moroni literally three minutes ago in this film. This is the most amazing book. Have you read this? And he's like, no. Every time I try to read it, some asshole shows up and defecates on my porch for three days. <laughs> to which he responds, <laughs> well, it's the word of God. Goodbye. <laughs> and I'm taking your book. And the, and the deacon's like, no, no, no. Come on, man. Don't. You said it. My- I just said I haven't read it yet. Of God? <laughs> Like, I wanted to be mad about spoilers. Well, it's the word of God. Ah, oh, it's great. Great. Thanks. Thanks Fantastic. Thanks. Wonderful. Did you fucking dog ear my book of God, by the way? Did you <laughs> seriously dog ear it? God damn it. Do you have a pen that you're writing in my book in? You I'm margin you. it? It just says correct everywhere. <laughs> are you counting them up? Why are all these check marks in it? All right. So. Then Parley decides he needs to head to Palmyra, New York, to hunt down this Joseph Smith fellow. Now, unfortunately for him, Joseph Smith has been run out by several lynch mobs at this point. He's a hard, uh, hard guy to pin down by now. Which, again, <laughs> means that this movie is about a guy who went to Joseph Smith's house and just missed him. That is the level of <laughs> bullshit Mormons will stoop. Look, we give Christian movies a lot of bullshit, but Mormons are like, no, no, no. Let me tell you the story of a guy who almost met Joseph Smith once. <laughs> <laughs> and this, by the way, was my favorite moment of them getting the period shit wrong because there's this like obviously fully modern Frank Lloyd Wright inspired house and they've got this shitty wooden fence and they're driving cattle in front of it. There's a fucking like a there's like a fucking truck on blocks in the backyard. <laughs> so that's that's Joe Smith's vacation house that he keeps <laughs> here. He's he lives in Pennsylvania now, but he keeps this uh, house built into a waterfall as a vacation house in 1830. That's what we we're going with. I believe that's that the is what I'm going family with. home. Yeah, because well, when he goes there, he meets Joey's brother, Hiram, right? Hiram's there. He's like, well, you just missed Joey. He's elsewhere. Not going to go into a lot of details there. No need. No need. Why is um, he in Pennsylvania? <laughs> Whoa, what's why the is questions? he in Pennsylvania? That's a you. 
All right, Sorry. so let's talk about this book. <laughs> a lot of people come asking where my brother is, and not for religious reasons. <laughs> Do you have a daughter? Just curious. <laughs> well, okay, so and then we have the the montage where they like stay up all night together talking Book of Mormon, and they 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 keep allowing like the montages. Fucking Hiram getting half a sentence in and you and, and those of us who know the story going like, ooh, ooh, finish that sentence, Hiram, I dare you. But then it'll cut away and it'll have half a different sentence to say. <laughs> but the key, though, uh, the key revelation that Hiram Smith gives Parley Pratt in the 1830s is that Jesus will be back any second now. Yeah. And, and that this is the next big thing in Christianity. Yeah. It's like basically Bitcoin for Christianity we're talking about here. Get on board. Actually, it is. Yeah. Don't get on board. <laughs> All right. But but then so he leaves. He's like, I got to go find Joseph Smith. And Hiram's like, he will be making that difficult. But good luck. Feel free to come back anytime. And here, by the way, you can have your very own copy of the Book of Mormon. I literally cannot give these things away. <laughs> I wanted so badly for Hiram to run inside. Place one Book of Mormon. Place one Book of Mormon. <laughs> Calls the zone leader. <laughs> All right. It's a little sticky. That's <laughs> All right. So then, yeah, Parley walks a little, stops to read his Book of Mormon every time there's nobody on the road. <laughs> and this is where we learn that, like, he's... He got sucked in by the pre-Jesus parts of the Book of Mormon, right? He was just super into the Murmuring Brothers and Iron Bars <laughs> monologues yes, up yes. until now. But now that he's reading about that Jesus stuff, well, he is sold. Yeah, he's like, I read it again, and this time I noticed Jesus was in it. It's like, what the fuck were you doing? You, you were imagining a little dude running across the top of the letters so that you could hang out on that guy's porch all day, weren't you? Hoping you'd get blown or something. And and also, like, so they have him, like, walking through the field after this because he's going to see Joseph Smith. But as he's walking through the field, he's narrating about how he would give up all the treasures in the world to, to have this book right here. And I'm like... Eh, it's easy to say when you don't have any treasures. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is where they give that amazing Joseph Smith quote where Joseph realizes how dumb what he is is saying. He's like, if you plant my book, it grows like a tree, strong and proud. Nope, not literally. God damn it. <laughs> Everyone dig up your book. Who buried, who actually buried their book just now as I was talking? Wow, <laughs> all hands. of you. Oh. Because you all fell oh, for my, my thing. Yeah, of course you all did. No, that is Please dig up your books. That's not the dumbest thing I say, actually. Turn them to Dig up your butt plugs, too. Because <laughs> I'm going to use those in a second. Make hot eye contact with your son. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but again, it's just like, this is the greatest book of all time. Moving on. And I just, I want it so bad for like a bird to swoop down and grab the book and fly away. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. God damn it. Now I have to go on a side quest. Starts a bird religion. So then, by the way, okay, so we do this incredibly cheesy thing here where as Parley's walking away, we're panning out to heaven, I guess. We're getting the heaven's eye view. <laughs> and like the the narrator's talking about how awesome Mormonism is and we're seeing the whole earth and we're like, oh my God, I am at this point Mormonism watching myself spread across the world, aren't <laughs> I? That's what I'm, I'm like. I'm the religion's eye view cam, aren't I? And I was. The whole world is going to be Mormon any minute. You <laughs> yeah. watch. Just wait. 
But first, I got to tell you about this Italian guy from <laughs> a different century for absolutely no reason. <sighs> for he's, the um, remainder of the movie. He's he's part Lamanite, but we let that go. We let <laughs> that go. We know Italian people are a little. And let me tell you, listeners. You have never seen simultaneous despair like you have in our notes when all three of us realize that it's another story about another guy finding and reading the book. Of Mormon. Yes, it is. We start making travel plans. There's some itineraries copied and pasted into here. New My identities. Club clothes is pasted in here. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we uh, we open. We're in Sicily. Well, actually, we've pointed a camera at a pencil drawing of a Sicilian town. <laughs> There's yeah. no movement whatsoever. Yeah. And we're listening to the music of like, book your tour of Italy now with Mario Perillo. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, we're, and we're watching like Roberto Benini as a five-year-old having a great day in Sicily, just skipping through the Sicily stuff. That's it. <laughs> Lulu yeah. luing his way. Yeah. Italy via an Olive Garden commercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the narrator cuts in for Eli's best worst and he goes, I was a born in the September. You know, oh, God, oh, get out of the sketch, up. Giuseppe. Get out of the sketch. It's so amazing. Live it up, boys. Live oh. it up. Still say whatever we want. Italiana. Sorry. I know so, we, we did it already. <laughs> okay. Right. So, but when he was nine years old, he started learning religion at religion school and they show him reading Latin. So you know how much fun it is to listen to children read? Now imagine they're reading Lorem Ipsum. That's what we're watching in the movie. <laughs> it's boredom to the fourth power now. Lorema Ipsuma. Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> but he's supposed to be great at it. So yes. like every, everyone's like, like their faces are flapping in the wind of this kid relatively quickly reading <laughs> Latin. And it's like, what is he doing? <laughs> Ecto yeah. spinny tomb. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> They're quite impressed with his Latin reading. Yeah. So, and, and he's so good at it. They even send him to religion high school so he can learn to read high school Latin too. But then fateful day when he was 17, his brother invited him to come on vacation to America and if that doesn't fucking ruin you, nothing will. And I, just, I have an editing note here. So throughout the last scenes, they've shown him as a boy, then as a teen. Then there's an incredibly jarring cut to the outside of a boat. So my note here is just, I was a boy, then an older boy, then I was a boat. Never mind, I went to America. <laughs> I went on a boat is what it was. Also, by the way, he says his brother invited him to spend his summer vacation in New York. So he took a boat from Italy to New York. And then his vacation was that. That's your whole vacation. Yeah. You don't get to go to, this is 1900. That's like a month of travel each way, right? <laughs> Just saying. slide shows of the inside of a dark boat. Uh-huh. Yeah. 40 of these left to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... He just steps into New York, gets mugged, steps back on the boat, goes back to Italy. Okay. It's a postcard of the inside of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but he found, he goes to New York and he really likes it there. So he goes to Knox College, guys, one of the <laughs> top 300 liberal arts colleges in America. The pre, the prestigious Knox College. Knox College. It's not spelled that way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and we hear the narrator going like, when I think back over those days, they're still photographs in sepia for some reason. I don't really understand yeah. why my memories would be sepia. But uh, yeah, but he's pretty sure God had brought him to New York on purpose. Like God had some plans for him in New York. Yeah. And he's <laughs> and he's like, I can't escape the feeling that we could have just, you know, started my story right here. <laughs> this whole there was a lot before this. I mean, well, you know, in the original movie, they showed just starting from here and the audience lost their minds. They were like, was that person once a child? Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Crashing through doors, chopping through walls with fire axes. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Is this based on a religion from Pennsylvania or New York? I need to fucking know before I get into this guy's story. He talks like an Italian, but where was he born? Yes. <laughs> Show me. Don't tell me. <laughs> so, how much did he read as a child? Yes, I would like to how, know. How was quickly. he added at an early What does age? that look like in long form? Where did he go to high school? I said long form. <laughs> Wait a minute. Reading. Thank you. All right. So we cut to some dude showing up at his apartment now that he lives in New York. The pastor needs to see him about some pasting churchy stuff right away. So he goes to see the boss. And we, we learn like he's he's so honest that he pays for his newspaper, even when the newspaper guy's asleep. Yes, he's not a fucking thief. <laughs> Don't even act like I didn't pay for that newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a question about him answering the door. Why? Does he apparently have a a brood of Italian zoo children in his apartment? <laughs> right? Because the guy comes and he's like, the pastor wants to see you. But the zoo background children? noise is 700 crying babies. I, I was getting I, the impression that was the building itself. But if he's if they're in the apartment with him, that makes a lot more sense. He is Catholic at this point. And he's wrapped it's, in a blanket. It's just it's like someone was like, hey, what were apartments like in the old days? I don't know. People had lots of kids put in crying babies effects. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, maybe it's more like he's just a great person. So like we see him like with a bunch of like kids that he takes care of and then he pays for a newspaper. He doesn't have to. It's more of that. I don't know. Yeah. He stops at a fruit stand and he's like, give me three apples and uh, two more orphans to adopt. So <laughs> grab those off a clothespin. You know what? <laughs> two apples and one orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Being frugal. I, you know, I honestly think it's that it was the test audience again, you know, right? They're like, wait, he's an Italian immigrant. Is he a thief? No. Okay. No, he's not okay. a thief. Oh, <laughs> you got to show me him not being a thief, though. Show, don't tell. <laughs> I'd like you to show him need not applying also for some jobs. <laughs> All right. So he's on his way to see the the pastor about whatever, but he sees this mysterious book blowing in the breeze that beckons Ooh. him over. <laughs> it's it's so a stupid. It's a sexy, <laughs> wide open book of Mormon. <laughs> and and it's just sitting on top of a garbage barrel. And it it's, it's flashing like a video game, like the Master Sword yeah. hasn't been picked up yet. And it's like <laughs> spinning around and like holographic. The and he's like, perhaps changes. I will investigate this impossibly futuristic looking object. I just, yeah. I want to walk in front of this guy now setting down random books and changing this story. Oh, <laughs> Just, you just, you, there's just like the Quran in front yes! of <laughs> Put the Quran, but it's like glowing. And he's like, yeah, you know, I think uh, glowing is probably not a good sign. I'll just take the blowing in the wind one. 
Oh, there's some gum on it. That's what they say. Holy gum teaches you <laughs> the best way. What's what's this on this giant sculpture base? The God Delusion. Interesting. Yeah, right. I will use this to keep my Book of Mormon closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he finds the Book of Mormon and he just keeps it, which means either he did find it in a trash can or he just fucking stole it when he came across it. Also, there's there's someone clearly poured... A good deal of dust between every page of this book. <laughs> yep. So he can open it up and just be like, <sighs> dusty. I wanted like him to walk away. Parley P. Pratt comes out. Oh, no, it's my hundredth birthday. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we cut to the parish house. He's looking after the sick pastor and the sick pastor needs him to preach because he's too sick to preach. He's like, you got to preach for me until I'm well again. And he's like, yeah, don't worry. I just found a random book on the street. I'm sure it'll have some good stuff for me. I just have one dying wish. Don't become Mormon. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. That makes sense. Oh, I'm glad I let you go first then. To my <laughs> news. Thing. I had a, something to tell you, but never mind. I have uh, done not the book. Nope. And we should point out that like at this point, his relationship to the Book of Mormon is shot like a horror movie, right? Like like he's going to read it out loud and Joseph Smith is going to appear behind him and yes. kill everyone in the movie like Candyman. Right. No, he's found the monkey's <laughs> paw to this point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he's like, he's like, you know, I was talking to the pastor and he was sick or yada, yada, something or whatever. But my mind was still on that book and the strange names I'd seen written on its pages. I'm like... <laughs> Oh. Okay, understatement, but yeah, that is what you'd linger on. Just like Alma Zizram, <laughs> anti Nephi Lehi. All right, what what are these noises? Probably a message from God. This is probably the correctest <laughs> book. Yeah, shiz. It just says shiz right here. Is that a name? Shiz. All right. So it, it it seems like a bad improv troupe trying to reenact the Bible. I'm in though. I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. in. This is great. So now we get to watch him read the shit out of that Book of Mormon, right? Now, the we, we should be clear. The title page was missing, and the cover was all faded out, so he had no idea what he was reading, but he knew it was pretty fucking good. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he turns a few more pages, and, like, they're all, there's, like, black mold all over them because, mm. again, he picked this up out of the garbage. <laughs> yep. And he's just like, what is all this black Moldy stuff. Probably manna from God. Should I eat it? <laughs> I'm going to eat it. And here's how stupid and boring this fucking movie is. We spent, we watch him then go downstairs to the deli and buy some shit to clean that mold off of his book and then go back upstairs and clean the mold off of his book. Yep. But again, this is vital because the whole point is he didn't even know what church he was now a member of which like again the movie skips over like it's some wonderful mystery because surprise it's mormonism but like that's fucking insane yeah this guy spent 30 years we're gonna learn 30 years of his life just being like one time i found a book and you know i think this is a probably the word of a gutter and i just you know i went with it for a 30 fucking years three decades <laughs> Watch me read the black mold for a while. Yes. And then, 
and then realize I need to clean it off. So yeah, he gets like alcohol and cotton balls yep. to clean it off. Like we might as well watch him like read the side of the alcohol container and just be like, <laughs> you have, this is why I feel like maybe non-alcoholic witch hazel would make more sense. For- he forgets a book as he goes into the bathroom while watching him read the shampoo. Why did they tell you to use it twice? Who shampoos in their hair twice? Repeat? I just want to shower and rinse. I I'd lather it up, rinse, and I'm done. That's indefinitely. Twice. <laughs> All right. Should I read it again? Is that the repeat? Should I read it? I'm going to read it again. All right. And now, okay, so he's reading, but suddenly we get Nephi narrating, and we're going to at least flash back to the stuff that he's reading so we don't literally watch him <laughs> read like we did with Parley P. Pratt. I wanted more reading. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut to him building that Bronze Age boat that they crossed the Atlantic with back in 400 <laughs> CE. And I just want to say right now, I and mean, I don't care who I offend when I say it, that boat didn't look as tight as a dish. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I'm not even sorry. Not even close to as tight as a dish. Thing was loose as a plate. That was fucking historically inaccurate. Yeah. Loose as a plate is how we street harass people yeah. at atheist conventions, by the way. <laughs> Oh, what's going on, boy? You look loose as a plate. (laughs) (laughs) Why Seth doesn't talk to us anymore. (laughs) Also, uh, by the way, how did he decide on this part? Like we we see him flipping through the book again and then we cut straight to the like nonsense boat building part. Like like he looked up submarine comma wooden in the index and he was like this this is yes straight to there and now now we're watching that happen on the beaches of whatever i mean in, uh ancient israel let's be fair if if we could have skipped directly to the wooden submarines we would have so yeah i get it i get it i'm cool with it but i also love that he actually says because this is in the book he's like i built a boat that looked really weird and didn't look like how boats look but then we see the boat and it's just a fucking boat it's just a boat, <laughs> right? Which is so clearly a fight between Mark of the Hair to Heretic, <laughs> who did the set design when he was 19 years old, and, you know, Father Mahemdel, or Elder Mahemanem, who was like, no, 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 it's not even close to as tight as a dish, Mark. Come on. Tighten that up. Yes. Yeah, no, it's just a fully modern boat. Like, they had a steam bender to, yeah. like, make perfect... Yes. Curvy shaped giant wooden piece. No nonsense. <laughs> the fucking Lego boat. By the end of it, <laughs> it might as well have been an ironclad. Yes. Um. So, but then his dad comes to inspect the boat, and and Nephi again is the narrator, and he's and Nephi is so goddamn arrogant in his book. He's like, everyone agreed it was the best boat ever built by human hands or otherwise. It was. Uh, you know, see, I was really fucking good at it. <laughs> Even my dad. And dad's like, oh, a plutonium fission engine. Nice touch. That's nice. That's good. That's I like good. the way you put the flux capacitor in upside down. So I'm, I'm a Bronze Age Israelite. <laughs> I really wanted the dad to actually do dad stuff there and just like be like, this joinery is not flush right here. <laughs> Did you measure everything. twice on this? Because I feel like you measured once. Or you just twice. Get a T-square. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And by the way, I should point out, this scene is like six minutes long, maybe, maybe, not even that. It's like three minutes long. There are three and it came to passes in this flashback from the narrator. Yeah, in this, and it came to passes and there's two dozen 
Music cues because they don't know when the peak of the scene is. (laughs) So they had Hans Zimmer's Mormon cousin just like hitting the glory button every four. No, there it is. Got it. Scene peaked. No, it's still going. All right. All right. No, not yet. yet. Sorry, my man. I'm reading. We're we're keeping all of this. (laughs) And I think, okay, so I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken that this is the scene. This next scene is the scene that I got that Eli, that you didn't get. The one with Ammon. Oh yeah, I didn't get this. Yeah, this is a special that's, bonus. That, scene. That, that's what's about to happen. But we before that happens, the very end of that scene, we actually get to watch Vincenzo skip ahead in the book yes. by a bunch. Yes. Just pissed off about it. He's just like, <laughs> ugh, it came to pass that I got super bored and skipped ahead a bunch. This book's terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Just goes straight from Nephi to Ammon for fuck's sake. Yeah, I'm like, wow, we just skipped almost the whole book. Well done, sir. (laughs) But yeah, so this is the story where like Ammon is at the watering hole and a bunch of evil people and we can tell they're evil because they're black. Literally, that's it. They have darker skin than him and are walking towards the watering hole. (laughs) So that means he was flipping through the book and he was like, boring, boring, boring. White guy stoning some natives. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is important. (laughs) I'm listening. Yeah. So these people that have in no way threatened him except by being brown and and near, Ammon grabs his sling and kills him with his sling, right? Yep. And uh we're done with that part. Just uh just want to be clear on which races win in fights in against which other races in the book. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, so but then we cut from there to Ammon going to the throne room because the evil Lamanite king is like, dude, Caucasians kick so much ass. How do you guys kick so much more ass than us? <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, he actually says, he's like, by what power did you kill all my warriors single handedly? And Ammon's like, white? <laughs> white <Yes>. power? <laughs> Privilege? This is going to uh, sound I, bad. I, I kind of isolated him into really bad neighborhoods and then I took the good ones and then once I liked their neighborhood, I would move in and drive up the property values after they had done all the. Work. We should really do reparations eventually. <laughs> well, I'm sure I have a congressional meeting about it. If you think about it, Cory Booker owes me an apology. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, but the white guy promises to teach the brown people about white Jesus and t- teach them how to be ever more delightsome. And as you'll recall, the. King buys it hook, line, and sinker, so they're ready when baritone Jesus shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, yeah, so you guys should really become Mormon, but um, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's not going to help. <laughs> exactly how tan are you? I would like, do you, oh, just, do you have like an alcohol and cotton ball? Let me just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's not, it's not going to go well for you. you. I mean, be Mormon if you want, but we're going to genocide you. Either. Oh, God. The first thing Vincenzo did was make the book more white and delightsome. Do you guys think that was on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> we, we see him rebinding it with a white leather cover. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tricks Huck Finn into whitewashing it for yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And then all the people, we see all of the Native American people gathering together. This is where Jesus shows up in America And, of course, it's Joseph Smith writing this encounter. So Jesus opens with the, no, believe me, you can stick your fingers in my wounds and shit if you don't. (laughs) 
Fist my holes, Jesus. That's, that's how he opens. <laughs> By the way, in every Mormon movie crowd shot and most Christian movie crowd shots, but definitely all Mormon movie crowd shots, there's always one guy in an anachronistic T-shirt and jeans yep. who like refuse to get out. If my sister gets to be in here, then so do I. <laughs> and what I loved about this is in this movie, I had the timestamp, but in this movie, he is holding a towel on either end up in front of his T-shirt, not wrapping or anything. He's just <laughs> holding it there. I'm covering most of the Harley logo. Holding like a, a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon card in his other hand. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so everybody gathers around to finger the Lord. They show this one little kid running up and hugging Jesus like he's Mickey Mouse at Disney World or whatever. And then we watch Vinny reading through rain and snow and gloom of night. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm pretty confident we can take a break from him reading some more without missing much. So we're going to take a break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will Vinny discover the identity of this mysterious book? How different would this story be if he'd come across a manga? Have you ever wondered what the downside was to the First World War? We'll find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the he got done reading conclusion of How Rare a Possession. Vincenzo, at last, welcome. Is this the church I have been seeking for so long? It is, my son. Oh, how I've longed for this a day. Vincenzo, welcome to the church of the dogfuckers. Thank you. I, I'm sorry, the, the church of what? You have read the sacred words of Alma, the scripture of the newborn Christ, and you know in your heart that it is true. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, but just really quick, d did you say the church of the dog fuckers? Yes. Doug, our first prophet, and the fuckers, of course, from the Dutch word for brotherhood. Doug Is it? fuckers. The one really? true church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, has uh, anyone ever told you that sounds like dog fuckers? Like, you know, you guys fuck dogs? What? Blasphemy! You come here to mock us! No, 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 I don't. Uh, I just thought, uh, no, 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 never mind. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm sorry I said anything. Go ahead. All right, Go but ahead. there must be no more talk of this vileness. There, there won't Certain. be. I'm sorry. Sorry. Very well. Prepare the right of the peanut butter. Okay. <laughs> I said okay. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys fighting on? And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our hero, he was reading. And if you think we've watched him do that enough, you are mistaken. Because we're going to open this scene with him not just reading, but like locking his door so he can read undisturbed. And there's no chance anything interesting might happen. <laughs> Sound cue. It's alive and made of gold this time. <laughs> Yeah, so he read, and then he read, and then he read some more. Then he prayed. Then he prayed while he was reading. Then he prayed about his reading. And then he asked God if this book was bullshit, and God said no. Yeah, he asked God if this is indeed the correctest book. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, I got my answer. Uh, in the form of feeling kind of warm. <laughs> yes. so, and kind of I mean, cold. 
Great. I mean, I was I was kneeling in a column of sunlight like an overweight cat, but like, you know, <laughs> that I feel like was unrelated. He describes how he knew it. And what he's describing basically is exactly like if you take if you if you did a little meth, but not a lot, that's the exact feeling. So I'm like, OK, this could be a couple of different things, though, man. <laughs> no, I hate to call out your metaphors on the air, but no one's ever done a little meth, but not a lot. <laughs> I, I did. How, how else would I get this to this metaphor? Come on. <laughs> So, okay. You have to do a little bit before you do a lot. Yeah, exactly. This is a step along the way. (laughs) Baba Brinkman, thank you. So, (laughs) all right. So now he goes to preach at the church for the, for the sick pastor, but he's all inspired by the Mormon stuff. So he starts quoting from the book of Mormon. Again, he has no idea what book this is. Yes. (laughs) This is a bold choice. And by the way, they don't mean it to be comedic, but the other pastors in the back being like, what part of the Bible is this from? That's the best. I don't know. Is it's he so good. Is he just making up of the Bible as he goes along? <laughs> well, and, and neither of them are willing to admit they don't know. He's like, no, this is from the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Old Testament, but I'm not sure. So, uh, murder? We murdered? Yeah. We murdered. <laughs> And then, of course, what we see is that the more he's preaching about all this Mormon stuff, the more packed the pews are becoming. These Catholics are just eating it up. Yeah, this is how the New York Italian community became Mormon. (laughs) As we all know. So let me be super clear what we're watching. We're looking at other people being read to from a boring book by a guy with a bad Italian accent. Right. I don't even know what power of boredom we've achieved at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. So, OK, so he's preaching out of the Book of Mormon. Everybody's loving it. But now he's got to go see the bosses and the bosses look pissed. <laughs> right. and again, this is a Protestant like council. So they're running it like it's a papal council, right, where he's going to get burned or excommunicated. <laughs> but because they're Protestants, they're just like, if you do not burn your book. We will be disappointed in you. <laughs> you may have to go into a timeout. <laughs> I love how confused they were, too. They were, like, confused by the script of their own movie that they're in. They're just like, um, let me ask you something. Did you give a sermon about a wooden nuclear submarine yesterday? <laughs> yes. This okay. is not from the Bible. I also love how they do a compliment sandwich at his tribunal. (laughs) Vincenzo, I like you. No, no, no. I love you, Vincenzo. But your hair is great. You're preaching the words of Satan. We love your hats. You know what I'm saying? I like to do positive feedback. I love, too, the way that they they frame all of this. It's not that they're worried about the heretical teachings. It's not that he's picked up a random book off the street and started telling people it was the word of God. It's that he's so popular that all the other churches are losing membership, right? That's why they're mad at Vincenzo. Also, they want to know the title of this book very much. They're like, you you will need to tell us the name of this book. And he's like, um, Dusty Book? It was blank. On the cover, and they're like, burn him, burn the book, burn him. Yeah. 
Which, to be fair, if I'm a peasant in early 1900s Italy and there's one church where the guy's just making up shit as he goes along, that's the church I'm going to, right? Because <laughs> you want to be there the day that he's like, dog farts, dog farts into my wet mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they want him to burn his book. He wants them to become Mormon or whatever in. Yeah, well, right, he doesn't right, know what yeah. it's fucking called. Exactly. He wants them to become this dusty booking. Yeah. yeah. Which, which he proposes like it's totally reasonable. They're like, okay, so you have a random book you found that you're preaching out of. Stop it. And he's like, counterpoint, you join whatever this shizzle's going on, huh? <laughs> About this. About we'd go to the library and see if anyone's ever heard of this before. <laughs> Give this a Google. <laughs> I, and I got to say, honestly, the entire problem with religion is encapsulated in this one scene because the guys, the, the council of people are going like, no, no, that's not the word of God. And he's going, no, I feel in my heart without the shadow of a doubt that it is. Yes, there's the problem right there. Yeah, right. And they're, they're all like, hey, man, if you get attached to a book, you're going to end up doing stupid. Sh hold on. Hold on. <laughs> OK, uh, let me explain. You know, this I see what happened there, but you know what I mean? Don't be a dick. Really yeah. just one book is what we're searching for here. Yes. <laughs> so it's not the multiple choice. And I love this line, too, because like his buddy pastor, the guy who asked him to past for him while he was sick, turns to him at this point and he says, and I quote, that book must be burned or you will incur the most serious displeasure. <laughs> Fuck is that ominous? I mean, I know they're just talking about excommunicating him, but holy shit, did that we'll, sound ominous? We'll make you watch a movie about your own life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Start walking and looking at yourself. Yes. Now read. He says, he says, I would rather be excommunicated than burn this book. They're like, yeah, we can hook you up with that. We can do that. That's that's what we said. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to happen. So. <laughs> Honestly, it's great that you said that because if you had said like, oh, I'd rather have my ball hairs pulled out, we would have to, you know, sort of well, lowball you. No, it's a bad example, but yes. Yeah, you know. And another great fucking quote because apparently they're going to give him a second chance in case you didn't really, in case that scene didn't soak in, we're going to have the exact goddamn same scene as the next scene. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but it starts with him going in April of 1914, this heavy conflict had its conclusion. Because when you think of conflict in 1914, <laughs> you think about arguments about Mormonism. Whether an Italian guy can join a religion he doesn't know the name of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was the world conflict at that moment. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, but he'd been summoned by an even more imposing table of old white men. Um, and they try like I love the way they're like, you know what? We think that the last council uh, fucked it up. They didn't do the compliment sandwich thing. Uh, so we love you. Burn the book. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they tried to big dick him at the beginning, too. They're like, please have a seat in in that area, which is physically much lower than the area that we yeah, are all right. <laughs> pharmacists. And so, you get that beanbag chair that's much lower. Excuse yeah. me, we would uh, each like to give you an overly hard handshake before we begin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do the Yankee thing. Because at this period in history, this is not played out yet. Watch <laughs> us all shit in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they give him a chance to tell him that he's sorry. He's like, but I'm not sorry. And they're like, obedience, bitch, checkmate. But he's not listening. They're like, he says, I'll tell you what, I'll burn the book, but only if you guys read it first. And I will say, I've read through Elma. That's a good fucking bet. That's an excellent gamut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep the book. You can keep the book. No more. 
No more and it came to pass this, oh please. <laughs> Three of us have already taken our own lives. <laughs> I'll give you a one-month risk-free trial of the book, free of charge. No. <laughs> we can't afford not to read this book, right? Yeah, I feel like really. we can't. We have to read it now. <laughs> what if I threw in this my pillow? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer yet. Don't answer yet. You answered. I, I also I love the uh, the giant books that they have on the table with them to like <laughs> be extra dominant on top of their power move with the lower seating. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, man, you got to burn the book. Um, as you can see, we all have comically oversized books. Don't make us use these. Our books it's, uh, are way bigger. Not about the size or anything. I will just say, we know the title of these books. It's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got you. You got, got it. Yeah. So I guess at this point, the council gives up on him. They rescind his degree. So you can tell how good that knowledge was. <laughs> yeah. And they say, you know, Pastor Vincenzo, so Vincenzo de Francesca, get the fuck out. So saith the council. So he gets the fuck out. And he says, like the narrator says, but despite the pain, I left with a feeling of peace because it's kind of a shit job anyway, when you think about it. Yeah. Also, like, you know, I had another book. I just needed to find a new group of people. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. All right. But then a few months later, there was a little conflict in Europe that you may have heard of. Yes. <laughs> but let's talk about what really mattered about World War One. I. I got yelled at for telling weird <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, we cut over to the fucking trenches of World War One. And I'm like, oh, are we going to get a battle scene? No, we're going to get his fucking superior officer chewing his ass out for telling people stuff from the Book of Mormon. Yeah, we're going to get a story about how a Mormon guy made the trenches of World War One worse somehow. <laughs> Literally That's, is what we're, we're getting. Yep. Someone called him out of the blood and muck to be like, you are bumming everyone out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, man, at least with the Battle of the Sons, where there's just 12 of them, Alma goes on forever. So. <laughs> Some other soldier walks out, walks back in with mustard gas. You're all welcome. I'm doing this for everybody. <laughs> you guys know that if we walk up there, they'll just shoot us and we won't be able to hear him anymore, yeah. right? <laughs> So, yeah, and also, by the way, so the, and again, the story that he decides, because the, the superior officer's like, he's like, tell me one of these stories from this book everyone's talking about. So he tells him the story about the anti Nephi Lehi's, but I, they don't use the fucking name. I wrote that in my notes as soon as I realized what he was, what story he was telling. I was like, I bet they don't use the term anti Nephi Lehi's while they're telling this story, though. <laughs> but I, didn't realize until because we read this on the other show on scathing and i was like ah stupid story haha i didn't realize that mormons have captured exactly the two pages where people buried their weapons to make like mormonism about pacifism ignoring yep. the previous and after chapters where another guy comes in and he's like yeah but we're not anti-nephi lehi's kill those lamanite motherfuckers yes. <laughs> yeah exactly and, and he's he's like you know uh, yeah, the attackers, they they came and they were killing all the anti-Nephi Lehi's and, and they saw that they were dying on purpose and, the, and they were they were mad at him. But then they were like, man, that's that's pretty impressive, actually, that dying on purpose thing. I, we got to get some of that. So then they started attacking themselves and the, and the general's like, OK, fuck this man. Ten days of confinement. So, like, okay. I'm sorry, but like if I'm in World War One and the punishment for pissing everybody off is ten days confinement. 
I'm pissing everyone off. Oh, no. This is your golden zone. (laughs) What the fuck are you looking at, Steve? (laughs) Just kicking over everybody's wormy mash. Oh, damn it. Ten more days I don't get to be at the front? Shit. Oh, dang it. (laughs) I wanted to see this story work, though, where he, like, explains, like, oh, no, no, no. So here's what happened in this book. The Native Americans uh, that I was talking about, they buried their weapons instead of fighting the war. And then the other team stopped attacking them and they were fine. And I will not tell you about the rest of this story because it ruins my thing. And and then I wanted to see like them do that, like a bunch of like Italian infantry. So they just like bury all their weapons and like some Austrian soldiers come up and the Italians are just like pointing at the ground. Like, as you can see, we've buried them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, they were actually going to do that, but the French beat them to it. Yeah. (laughs) Wrong war. Wrong war. All right, so anyway, the war wraps up, 17 million people die, blah, blah, blah. But the important thing, though, <laughs> is that Vinny did learn eventually who wrote that book. It's the Mormons. So he goes back to New York City, hooks up with an old buddy of his, and his old buddy is about to go on a mission to Australia. And this is the douchiest fucking mission trick that you can pull, right? He's going to follow that guy around and be the dude who bids $1 higher on the showcase showdown. Absolutely. This is the religion version of how Heath plays code names. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going on this mission. I know you got excommunicated. Oh, yeah, I'll come with you and I'll talk about the Bible. Okay. <laughs> you said the Bible very weird just now. Are you going to preach your own crazy book? Sorry, the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> Southeast. Southeast. <laughs> But yeah, but his 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 he goes with his buddy to Sydney, Australia to help him make Christians. But his, basically, this guy would get him all lubed up for Protestantism. And then he'd slide in there with the Mormonism real quick before his buddy could make the first thrust. Oh, so he, and, and I love to because they show him like convincing these Italian immigrants in Australia that Mormonism is the right religion. And he's like, well, you know, there are actually translation errors in the Bible, but luckily there's none in this book about Stone Age swords and prehistoric Native Americans saying adieu. This book is errorless. <laughs> we should be fine with this one. Yeah, and what was the example he used from the, the Bible? I didn't understand this part. He's like, read the, read this part right here about Jesus. And the, you know these Italian guys who are questioning the Bible are like, all right, cool, cool. So it says there were some sheep and also some other sheep. And that was it. And then Vincenzo's like, so who are those other sheep? <laughs> a guy from upstate New York who translated plates no one ever saw. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Exactly. So exactly. Into, I would like to switch religions exactly. now. <laughs> also, by the way, uh, really quick, can we talk about how they tried to age Vincenzo here? Oh, God, with it's, the mustache. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. All, he's supposed to be a bit older now. And all they did, they took a paintbrush, dipped it in gray paint, and slathered it on each temple. That's yep. all they did. Little gray patch on his right temple, gray patch. Like, it might as well say 10 years later on the side of his face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so his pastor buddy put up with his Mormon bullshit for a while, but it could only last so long. So eventually his buddy kicks him the fuck out, and he has to go back to Italy because he's been kicked out of all the other countries he tried to go to. <laughs> And then I guess it's May of 1930. He finally figured out where is that awesome book came from when he was looking something up in a dictionary. I don't know how that works. Uh, Let's see. 
Mormon. So interesting. What was he Googling? Like, yeah. What was he searching? Mormorini. There's a small biscuit that's made. <laughs> I was I was looking up moron in the dictionary and people kept calling <laughs> me. Great. And it had my picture and I was like, wait a minute. Hold, oh, oh, wait, there's another word. Yeah. So he finds out all about the Mormon church from the from the dictionary. Um, and he writes to the president of the, of, of the Mormon University in Provo. Right. And he's like, I'm Italian. I found your book. I need to get dunked in water very, very badly. Yeah. Do you guys keep getting kicked out of stuff just like constantly? <laughs> like you're always kicked out. Is that just me? Oh, my friend, let me give you a little book on American history. You do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tell you the story of a little town called Nauvoo. <laughs> so, so eventually the uh, the university gets his letter. They send him his very own Italian copy of the Book of Mormon without all the schmutz all over it. And they even call ahead for their main Europe guy to go baptize him. So we cut to a, apparently the baptism warehouse. <laughs> this is so this is him trying to get on the boat to go to his baptism. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. At the boat warehouse? I mean, he's in a fucking warehouse. I don't get it. <laughs> boat warehouse. So yeah, so he goes to the warehouse but where he just, shopped as a kid. <laughs> but just then there was a the, the Italian Ethiopian war started and that fucked up his baptism again. Again, in case you were wondering what the downside of the Italian Ethiopian war was <laughs> other than starting World War II in a roundabout way. It was mostly this guy's uh, this guy's baptism or failure thereof. The time my boat got canceled made it into the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> if me and Casablanca telling that woman I fucked her dad makes it into my biopic, I have not lived the fullest life. <laughs> yeah. You know what else made it into the movie was Again, the Italian-Ethiopian War fucking up his baptism. Uh, also, one of the most tragic things about World War II, fucked up his baptism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. No, he, he might as well have been like, uh, well, and then this other guy was going to baptize me, but he was Jewish. It was Poland. Didn't work oh, out another for me. War. It, it was really hard for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So that's the plot for a while. Like I started blowing on my laptop. I thought it was skipping on YouTube. <laughs> I was like, the plot is skipping. Is that something right. that can happen? Right. At one point, he says, I had a Mormon pen pal who was coming to Rome, and he could baptize me, but I got his letter the day he arrived, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the setup for a John Hughes movie in the 80s or something. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got to get all the way to Rome today? <laughs> the time my letter came late made it into the movie. <laughs> Oh, no, I already have plans this afternoon. Make a fucking movie of this shit. This is how rare a possession. Yes. <laughs> how rare? Sometimes you miss connections. Yeah, right. It's a hell exactly. of a thing. Just a slow mail sorter. Let's watch the slow mail sorter for a while. <laughs> Jesus. There he goes. All right. He's all thumbs. Look at him. So baptism or no, though, Vinny was very Mormon. He was translating the Book of Mormon into Italian, which is weird because they sent him an Italian copy of it. Uh, <laughs> give it another try. <laughs> oh, by the way, we watch him do that. 
and write letters about it. We watch him translate that boring <laughs> fucking book into a language we don't speak and then write someone a letter about the goddamn translation he just made. Dear Steve, <laughs> I, I made this boring book into our language. Here you go. Not all of it, obviously. Just like a little piece. So, oh, and speaking of slow mail sort this is where he gets the fateful letter, right? So now he's really old. You can tell because now they've used that same paint on his mustache as well. So mm-hmm. so he gets this fateful <laughs> letter. And apparently the Italian post office's uh, uh, policy is just stand somewhere near your home and scream your name until you go get your fucking letter. Yep. Uh, I can confirm this. They have uh, transferred this policy over to Jersey now. Oh, okay. My postman <laughs> just stands in the middle of the street, drops a box full of mail and goes, all right, it's around here somewhere. So, no, you know what they do here in Georgia is that you order something that doesn't fit uh, in your mailbox from Amazon and they get it in there any goddamn way. They <laughs> with a fucking hammer. Oh, she's got like this comic cartoon mallet she uses. Yeah, no, it's it's rough. So anyway, so Elder Litzo, I guess, um, has told him, hey, man, I know it's been a long time. I meant to get over there earlier, but I'm going to come and I'm going to baptize you now because the movie's already almost over. Cool. So, uh. Meet me in Vietnam and we'll do that. (laughs) You're not going to believe what happened. This is a funny story. I get to Vietnam. There's a war. (laughs) But no, at long last, he was dunked in water correctly and can die in peace. Yeah. And that is, by the way, the conclusion of the film, right? And then I got the dunked in water. Oh, that's it. I thought there was a thing. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was there. You see her in the frame. <laughs> yeah. But now he's he's super old. You can tell because he's got a cane now. Um, And he goes to a fancy Mormon church. He had toiled so hard to find his Mormon salvation. But damn it, he got it. And then we pan out to heaven again with a drunken cameraman. It's it like honestly, this pan back at the end is like drone footage in a hurricane. Yep, the first it was obviously someone's first helicopter ride. Yeah, I was like, come on, man, it <laughs> exactly. can't be that different from holding a camera on the ground. <laughs> Apparently, this movie doesn't count until I vomit. Mm-hmm. I also love to, in case we hadn't figured out what that rare possession they were talking about was, the book like ends like we the closing shot is a book of Mormon, which could be ours for the low, low price of showing even the most nominal interest in it. Oh, they might as well directly <laughs> yell at Uncle Doug for putting his in a dumpster, right? Just saying, <laughs> Doug. All right, you know what you did. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you what. Normally, this that's the end of the movie. Normally, I would have some kind of a question at the end to ask you guys, but really, that just prolongs Mormon Movie Month even more. So, fuck that. Let's all um, just read for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Mormon that we got for free because it's not at all a rare possession. Nope. All right, well, that's going to do it for our review of how rare a possession, but it's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to convince ourselves to come back and do another episode. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Well, it's a theatrical release that just happens to be out The Other Side of Heaven 2. No. Yes. No, Mormon Mormon Movie Month is over. This is our last June episode. We're watching it on the 27th, so it's technically still Mormon Movie Month. It's not about when we watch it. It's about when God... For me, it's about when we watch it. Extra-tacular. Let him do the fucking count. All right, so... (laughs) Extra-tacular. God damn (laughs) 
So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 201 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you like yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing A, The Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media, our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright, Neil I. Bosnick, I'm an illusions promising to work harder on another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Mitt Romney went on to start Bain Capital with Death Squad money from El Salvador. <laughs> he totally did. That's a real thing. Immediately after this movie, Vincenzo came across a mysterious copy of the Amway catalog, and a new lifelong journey began. <laughs> the God Awful Movies podcast was eventually just three guys yelling at footage of a baby sleeping. <laughs> Where we're headed. Not at all rare. Not even remotely. Not super available. The opposite of rare. It even is, by your own standards. So well done. I can't, I can't <laughs> not own one. I've tried to not own one. And I have three. <laughs> I gave one to a patron this month just for fun. Hello? Um, hello? Hello? Oh, Do not hang oh, up. Okay, okay. Your Google business listing is about to expire. Uh, no, just actually, I used Wix, so... What is Wix.com? Uh, Wix is the best way to turn your great idea into a beautiful, functional website. But your Google business listing is about a to expire. Actually, actually, all Wix sites include built-in SEO tools. So, yeah, um, Google business listing is fine. Where? Where do I find this Wix.com? Uh, get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast to get 10% off. Wix.com slash podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually surprised you're a real person. I always thought you were a robot. You know what I mean? What is love? Yeah. Uh, I can't help you with that. <laughs> so <laughs> dark. <laughs> My dark life is fun. <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.